Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Kingdom Insights, where your host, Chaplain Kevin Gray, is sharing biblical teachings that empower and equip you toward experiencing Jesus Christ now. Join us every second Monday of each month at 7 p.m. Eastern Time and share your insights, questions, and prayer requests. Get Kingdom Empowered today. Welcome to Kingdom Insights, where your host, Chaplain Kevin Gray, is sharing biblical teachings that empower and equip you toward experiencing Jesus Christ now. Join us every second Monday of each month at 7 p.m. Eastern Time and share your insights, questions, and prayer requests. Get Kingdom Empowered today. Welcome to Kingdom Insights, where your host, Chaplain Kevin Gray, is sharing biblical teachings that empower and equip you toward experiencing Jesus Christ now. Join us every second Monday of each month at 7 p.m. Eastern Time and share your insights, questions, and prayer requests. Get Kingdom Empowered today. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread that I give is my flesh. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread that I will give is my flesh which I give for the life of the world. The Jews, therefore, strove among themselves, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? Then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Except ye eat the flesh of the Son of Man, and drink his blood, ye have no life in you. Whoso eateth my flesh, and drinketh my blood, hath eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. For my flesh is meat indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. He that eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood dwelleth in me, and I in him. As the living Father hath sent me, and I live by the Father, so he that eateth me, even he shall live by me. This is that bread which came down from heaven, not as your fathers did eat manna and are dead. He that eateth of this bread shall live forever. These things said he in the synagogue, as he taught in Capernaum. Many, therefore, of his disciples, when they had heard this, said, This is an hard saying. Who can hear it? 
When Jesus knew in himself that his disciples murmured at it, he said unto them, Doth this offend you? If ye shall see the Son of Man ascend up where he was before. It is the spirit that quickeneth, the flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. But there are some of you that believe not. For Jesus knew from the beginning who they were that believed not and who should betray him. And he said, therefore, said I unto you that no man can come unto me except it were given unto him of my father. From that time, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. Good evening, beloved, and welcome to another segment of Kingdom Empowerment Radio Incorporated. I am your host for this evening, Chaplain Kevin Graves. I'm with you every second and fourth Monday of each month. Uh, It is a pleasure once again to share another segment of Kingdom Empowerment Radio with you. Uh, Before I get started, I would like to take this time to give honor and thanks to uh, Dr. Ganny and her husband for allowing me to be a part of Kingdom Empowerment Radio. Uh, God bless you, woman of God. God bless you, man of God. God bless you, uh, Dr. Sonny Akbomo, uh, my dear brother. Um, Looking forward to uh, uh, reuniting and seeing my uh, family in Christ once again. Uh, thank you so much for uh, being a part of Kingdom Empowerment and 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 really just uh, sacrificing and and uh, making Kingdom Empowerment Radio what it is. Uh, God bless all everyone who has tuned in uh, tonight. Uh, I want to say before I get started, we always begin in prayer, and this particular topic is really near and dear, and I really had to examine myself um, when uh, putting this together. And it took a little bit of time, but nevertheless, uh, by God's grace, I was able to complete it. Uh, for all of those who are tuning in for the first time, uh, feel free to uh, give us a call. If you have any questions uh, regarding tonight's topic, uh, perhaps you have a prayer request please, uh, by all means, uh, that's why we're here. Uh, The purpose of Kingdom Empowerment Radio is to, as we've said before, is to edify and equip the believer by the power of the Holy Spirit to go out and to preach the gospel. We teach the unadulterated truth here. We have a commission to follow. We have a responsibility to our to our to our Savior Jesus Christ to do as He said, and that's to go and to preach the gospel. Uh, uh, not just myself, but there are others on, who are a part of Parliament Radio who do the exact same thing. I'm with you every second and fourth Monday, and uh, just want to let you know that there are others who are involved in this kingdom movement. Uh, the telephone number to uh, call in is 646-668-2413. Again, 646-668-2413 for anyone who is in need of prayer or has any questions or comments. Tonight's topic is you can't handle the truth. You can't handle the truth. And why that particular title? Uh, well, as I said, uh, we often begin in prayer, and I will get into the explanation of why such a title. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity to come before you to examine the truth, to learn more about what truth is. And we just ask that, Lord, you would open our spiritual eyes to to greater understanding of what truth is. Not truth according to man's own understanding, but according to kingdom truth. We ask that, Lord, you would open our spiritual eyes and ears to what you're doing in this season. We ask that you take us to another, uh, to another level in our understanding when it comes to things concerning your kingdom. We thank you 
for the privilege of, of coming together to reflect upon your word. We thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Again, once again, my brothers and sisters, tonight's topic is you can't handle the truth. Now, I opened with a scripture in John's gospel, the gospel according to St. John chapter 6, verses 51 through 66. And uh, actually, I wanted to uh, read it again. I know I read it one time, but I want to read it again because there's really there there's a lot of meat here on the bones, as I've said uh, many times in the past. Uh, you can read it on your own as well. Uh, starting at verse 51, uh, chapter 6 of uh, the gospel according to St. John. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread that I will give is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. The Jews therefore strove among themselves, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? Then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Except ye eat the flesh of the Son of Man, and drink his blood, ye have no life in you. Whoso eateth my flesh, and drinketh my blood, hath eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. Verse 55. For my flesh is meat indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. He that eateth my flesh, and drinketh my blood, dwelleth in me, and I in him. As the living Father hath sent me, and I live by the Father, so he that eateth me, even he shall live by me. This is that bread which came down from heaven, not as your fathers did eat manna and are dead. He that eateth of this bread shall live forever. These things said he in the synagogue as he taught in Capernaum. Many, therefore, of his disciples, when when they had heard when they had heard this, said, This is a hard saying. Who can hear it? When Jesus knew in himself that his disciples murmured at it, he said unto them, Doth this offend you? What and if ye shall see the Son of Man ascend up where he was before? It is the Spirit, it is the Spirit that quickeneth. The flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. But there are some of you that believe not. For Jesus knew from the beginning who they were that would believe not and who should betray him. And he said, Therefore, therefore said I unto you that no man come that no man can come unto me except it were given unto him of my father. From that time many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. Beloved This is the dilemma that we are faced with. And when searching the truth, when searching for the truth, there have been times in my life, and I'm going to speak to you personally here, and perhaps many of our listeners uh, can relate, that there were times when I denied the truth. There were times when I wanted to do my own thing. Uh, there were times in my life when I would have uh, a believer uh, give me a track or share the word, and you know I, I would uh, listen because I, I didn't want to be disrespectful to the person. So I would listen to what they had to say and and move on about my business. And or someone would give me a track, and I would look it over, but never really uh, read it thoroughly. Uh, so there were times. Uh, uh, early on when I, too, looked the other way or uh, maybe uh, took in some portion of Scripture but never really uh, came to the full understanding of, uh, of what uh, the message was really about. I want to talk to you this truth. I want to talk to you about uh, where this truth was, and I want to go to Capernaum. I wanted, I want us to take a trip to Capernaum together. Now, some say Capernaum. I've said Capernaum, and I've heard others uh, say Capernaum, C-A-P-E-R-N-A-U-M, Capernaum. Now, this is a very interesting little village. It is a, it is a village. It is a fishing village. 
along the northern shore of the Sea of Galilee. You can uh, research that. And during the time of Jesus Christ, he frequented this particular village, this particular village that was quite prosperous. It was a place where fishermen would conduct their business. It was also a thriving uh, uh, village where trade uh, often took place. And there would be caravans of people that would uh, ride through Capernaum. Uh, there were uh, uh, people who would uh, just travel through. There, there were traders. There were caravans. You had fishermen that were a part of Capernaum. And the interesting thing about this particular village was that it was a main route connecting Damascus and Egypt. So it was quite a robust a, 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 a town or village. And more importantly, it was prosperous. Why? Because this prosperity that Capernaum experienced was actually preordained. I want to examine what the Bible says about this village called Capernaum. The Bible says, and we can go to Mark's gospel, the gospel according to St. Mark. Let's go to chapter 1. And we will start at verse 21, the gospel according to St. Mark, verse 21. And the scripture reads, And they went into Capernaum, and straightway on the Sabbath day he entered into the synagogue and taught. And they were astonished at his doctrine, for he taught them as one that had authority and not as the scribes. And there was in the synagogue a man with an unclean spirit, and he cried out, saying, Let us alone. What have we to do with thee, thou Jesus, son of Nazareth? Excuse me, thou Jesus of Nazareth. Art thou come to destroy us? I know thee who thou art, the Holy One of God. And Jesus rebuked him, rebuked him, saying, Hold thy peace and come out of him. And when the unclean spirit had, had torn him and cried with a loud voice, he came out of him. So Capernaum was a village that Jesus frequently visited. Now, when he visited there, he, he, this was a village where he taught in the synagogues on the Sabbath day, and he also conducted a deliverance service. Uh, uh, during uh, this particular time. Now, what's interesting about this is, geographically speaking, uh, Capernaum and Nazareth were very close, were, were, were not too far from each other. I believe uh, the distance between Capernaum and Nazareth a uh, place where uh, uh, Jesus dwelt. He was born in Bethlehem. He dwelled in Nazareth, and he and he uh, uh, spent a lot of time, his uh, ministry time, in Capernaum, in the synagogues. The distance between Capernaum and Nazareth is a little over 20 miles in terms of travel. So this was not just uh any old town or village where Jesus, uh, he would come into a particular region and, and he would begin to minister and he would begin to heal the sick and, and cast out demons for those, uh, uh, for those who were oppressed of the devil. Uh, but this particular town, this particular village had a very special place in the heart of God. And as we know, Scripture says in uh, the book of Jeremiah, uh, the word of God says, for I know the thoughts that I, that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. If you go to the book of Isaiah, there is a, there is a messianic prophecy concerning Capernaum. If you go to the book of Isaiah, chapter 9, verse 1, we will talk about 
this particular uh, biblical or messianic prophecy. In, in chapter 9, Scripture reads, Nevertheless, nevertheless, the dimness shall not be such as was in her vexation when at the first he lightly afflicted the land of Zebulon and the land of Naphtali and afterward did more grievously afflict her by the way of the sea beyond Jordan in Galilee of the nations. The people, verse 2, the people that walked in darkness have seen a great light that they dwell in the land of the shadow of death. On them hath the light shined. Hallelujah. Now go with me. Fast forward to Matthew's gospel, chapter 4, verse 13. Matthew's gospel, the gospel according to St. Matthew, chapter 4, verse 13. In fact, I'm going to pick it up at verse 12, verse 12 of Matthew, Matthew's gospel, chapter 4. Let's start at verse 12. Now, when Jesus had heard that John was cast into prison, this being John the Baptist, he departed into Galilee, verse 13, and leaving Nazareth, he came and dwelt in Capernaum, which is upon the seacoast in the borders of Zebulon and Nephthalim, that that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, The land of Zebulon and the land of Nephthalim, by the way of the sea beyond Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. The people which sat in darkness saw great light, and to them which sat in the region and shadow of death, light is sprung up. To God be the glory. So we're going to piece this all together. God foresaw, he foreknew, he he predestined this place called Capernaum, which is pro- a prosperous place, a thriving place, a place of plenty. And he said, I will send you a, a comforter. I will send you light. Now, when we examine the Hebrew name of Capernaum, the, the the Hebrew meaning of Capernaum is Nahum's village. It means Nahum's village. Now, Nahum in the Bible in the Old Testament is considered to be one of the 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 minor prophets. One of the uh, 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 shorter books of the Bible. Uh, there are multiple uh, uh, what we call minor prophets, short books of the Bible. Now. Interestingly enough, um, there's no connection uh, in my studies. I have discovered that there is no connection between the prophet Nahum and this place called Capernaum. But interestingly enough, I did further research, and I saw that the Hebrew name, or excuse me, that the Hebrew meaning of Nahum means comforter. So interestingly enough, Jesus Hallelujah, would, would, would go to this place, would, would minister in this place, would bring healing in this particular place, to let the residents of Capernaum know that, yes, there is a darkness here. There is, the darkness is so that God sent light. He sent help. He sent a comforter. Now, we know, of course, the comforter to be the Holy Ghost. But we also know that Jesus, through the power of the Holy Ghost, was able to heal the sick and cast out demons. So Capernaum was a place, was a a fishing village that prospered, that was by the Sea of Galilee in the northern along the northern shore of the Sea of Galilee, there was hope. There was deliverance. But tragically, tragically, beloved, in this particular place, many people did not receive him. So, and even in the people not receiving Christ, 
there was even a word of condemnation or judgment for those that would walk away from the truth. You can find this particular passage of Scripture in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 11, verse 23. You can go with me there. Scripture reads, And thou, Capernaum, this is the words of our Savior Jesus, in verse 23 of chapter 11, And thou, Capernaum, which art exalted unto heaven, shalt be brought down to hell. For if the mighty works which have been done in thee had been done in Sodom, it would have remained until this day. Now, let's examine this scripture. And thou, Capernaum, which art exalted unto heaven, shalt be brought down to hell. So, in essence, this is not this is not the Lord saying that they have been doomed to eternal punishment or, or, or eternal damnation. It simply means that this place of prosperity, because it has turned its back on the truth, because it has done this horrible thing, it would be brought to a place of desolation. It would be brought to a place of ruin. So this is not referring to people being uh, 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 sent to hellfire, but in essence, this prosperous place of Capernaum that God foreknew, that God blessed, that God had ordained, this this region that Jesus would dwell in, that he spent much time in his ministry, much of his ministry was spent in Capernaum. So because the hand of God was upon this particular region, because at the same time, there was disobedience. People were not receiving the truth. They were turning from the truth. They were turning into their own way that there would be, that there was a judgment placed upon this particular region and that it would be brought to desolation if it did not, hallelujah, come to the understanding that, number one, that their prosperity and their blessing comes from on high. My, my my brothers and sisters, it is 7.27 p.m. As you know, I am with you for one hour. If there's anyone on the line who has any uh, questions regarding this particular passage of Scripture, regarding the truth, please, by all means, we're going to open up the phone lines for any uh, questions, comments, or perhaps there's someone out there who's just in need of prayer. We would like to open up the phone lines at this time for, for any questions, comments, or perhaps you're in need of prayer. Caller, you're on the air. There's no one who wants to uh, add anything at this point in time. I will simply continue. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. Moving forward, one thing that I have discovered, one thing that the Lord has illuminated in this particular passage of Scripture is that he makes a way for his people. He gives us an opportunity to understand him, to discover him. And the interesting question uh, I would love to ask is, what is truth? What is truth? Now, when we think of truth, there are many uh, uh, human answers and many human uh, uh, understandings of what truth is. Many of us know truth to be something that has been proven by facts or sincerity. Or truth can be the quality or state of being true. Could be loyalty, trustworthiness, genuineness, honesty. In my studies, I have discovered that there was one particular definition that really caught my attention. I'm giving you these uh, the definitions according to our dictionaries, and then I want to give you a biblical understanding of what truth is. There was one particular uh, uh, definition that caught my attention. It said, agreement with a standard, an established or verified fact. What's interesting about the verified fact, agreement with a standard, an established or verified fact. You know, it's interesting because the psalmist, had said something uh, very interesting with regards to coming to the Lord. 
this, this psalmist says, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. So in order for us to trust, in order for us to get to a place of trust, there must be an experience. We must verify that this thing that we're placing our trust in is actually true. So this is where the psalmist says, come and see. That the, that that the, that the Lord is good, and the only way to find out whether God is trustworthy, the only way to find out whether the Lord is good, is to try Him. Come and see, come and see that He is good. And many of us have not wanted have not wanted to do that. Many of us have struggled with, oh well, there's no God. I mean, if if, if I can't see it, if I can't touch it, if I can't smell it. If I can't taste it, then it doesn't exist. God exists merely in the imagination of man. This is something that has been conjured up throughout history. So this is the belief system of man, that God is merely something that has been conjured up by man over time. And there are many gods. But we are talking about here, beloved, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, Adonai, Elohim, El Shaddai, the great I Am, the Holy One of Israel. This is the God where we are referring to. He is known as the living God, and there is no other like him. And we know throughout history there are many gods, and many people are saying, well, what makes your God the truth? And that's why the psalmist, King David, says, come, come and see. See for yourself. See for yourself. Don't take my word for it. Come and see for yourself if you're interested. If you have, if you are asking yourself, who is God? What is truth? What is the truth? Because Buddhists have a, they, they have a truth, okay? Muslims have a truth. Though The Krishna, okay, there's truth there. Christians follow. So you may then come to the conclusion that truth is in the eye of the beholder, that truth is subjective. This is why I, I, I challenge anyone. If you say, even an atheist, an agnostic, you say, oh, <clears throat> God is something that, oh, the Christians created, and they've passed down this, 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 this dogma uh, uh, to people uh, on down the line, and they've even added on to this dogma, and they've even subtracted from it. What I want to challenge the listeners with is come and see if this word is true. If you really want to know, ask, I say, Lord, or you may not even say, Lord, you say, okay, this God of Abraham, this God of Jacob, Isaac, if you say that you're real, come and reveal yourself to me. Come and make yourself plain to me. And he will do it. If you really, truly want to know, if you really want to, to, to know him for yourself, he will answer you. When we examine biblical truth, we know, according to the Bible, in John's Gospel, chapter 14, verse 6, Jesus himself says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. And you can find this again in John's Gospel, chapter 14, verse 6. Jesus even said, and this is eternal, excuse me, and this is life eternal that might know thee, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom thou hast sent. That can be found in John's Gospel, chapter 17, verse 3. In fact, I want us to go there to get the full context of what Jesus was saying. That's just one verse. In order for us to get the full context here, I want us to read uh, this, this entire, we're going to read a, a portion of this, starting at verse 17. And these words spake Jesus and lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour is come. Glorify thy son, that thy son also may glorify thee, as thou hast given him power over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him. And this is life eternal, that they might know thee, only true God and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. 
So, in essence, we as believers, many of us, we ask the question, so, well, what was the purpose of Jesus Christ coming into the world? Okay, yes, he was sent by the Heavenly Father, but what was the purpose of him coming? Some will say salvation. Some will say healing and deliverance. But Jesus says, he made it very plain. He made it very plain. He says, and this is life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true God in Jesus Christ whom thou hast sent. So the purpose of Jesus Christ coming, the truth, the way, and the life, the purpose of him coming into this world is that we might know God for ourselves, that we might know God and that we know Jesus and that we know Jesus. And when we know Jesus, we know God. In essence, why? Because Jesus says that I and my Father are one. John's Gospel, chapter 10, verse 30, he makes it very plain regarding the relationship. So when we examine the, the life of Jesus, we are examining the truth of God. We are, we are now, and I cannot begin to imagine being one of those uh, 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 people in, in Capernaum having the truth, having God incarnate in their presence right there in front of them and, and, and not seeing it, only identifying him as the son of Mary and Joseph. Many of his disciples, as the scripture said, struggle, call it a hard saying, and they couldn't quite understand what he was saying. Why? Was not the truth in them? Well, apparently, perhaps the truth was in them, but they were not yet mature enough to understand the full magnitude of what Jesus was saying. Not until after Jesus ascended, as he said to his disciples, he says, he, it is expedient that he go for the purpose of the Holy Spirit to now come and bring understanding to what was taught. So it was Jesus who brought the message, and it was the Holy Spirit that shed light on the message and expounded on the message, therefore giving those disciples understanding of what Jesus was saying. We need the Holy Spirit, people. We need the Holy Ghost because it is the Holy Ghost that brings light, that brings revelation, that brings deeper understanding of what God is trying to say. So, therefore, these were people who, who walked with the truth. They saw the truth, but yet they were void of understanding. They were void of the Spirit. They were void of the deeper understanding of God and, and when the Holy Spirit came upon them, then they began to go to another level. So this was but one level, one phase of their walk with Christ. But there was more to come. They were still very much in the classroom. They were still very much in their infancy when it came to the deeper understanding of what it means to know God. So moving forward, being that these were a people who were darkened by their own understanding perhaps they were engaging in things they should not under, that that they should not be engaged in the light has come to shed light on the darkness so god in his foreknowledge in his predetermined plan before the foundation of the earth saw capernaum and I am here to say, you, my brothers and sisters, we are modern-day Capernaums. We are modern-day Israel in a sense where we, too, have been in dark places. We, too, have been void of understanding. And today, many of us are still void of understanding. And God is saying, come out of your darkness. Come out of that Capernaum. Come out of that place of, 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 of dimness of darkness, and come to the light. That is why uh, uh, Jehovah sent Jesus to this region. He is sending, hallelujah, his people. He is sending his remnant into those places as he sent Jonah, as he sent Jeremiah, as he sent Isaiah, 
into these dark places to bring a word of encouragement, to bring a word of healing, to bring a word of restoration. That was the message of Christ. That he is the, that, that 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 he came not to condemn Capernaum, but to warn them, to bring to open their spiritual eyes, not to not to reject the message of the Messiah, but to come into the understanding that they were in need of a savior and that they were in need of deliverance. And we thank God that he has not turned his back on us. He has not turned a deaf ear to his people. He has heard the 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 the, 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 the cries of Lord, where are you in the midst of this? Lord, I want to know your truth. What is truth? How can I understand truth? Beloved, I have been in a similar situation where I too have been in a dark place, where I have been in a place of ruin and desolation. And what I mean by that is just merely going through life, not acknowledging who I am, not even knowing who I am. Growing up in a Catholic household, growing up having some knowledge of Christ, but not a living relationship with him. And that is the message of tonight's topic, is that God is trying to raise the dead. As Lazarus was brought forth, as Jesus said to Lazarus, his dear friend Lazarus, come forth. He is saying today, my brother, my sister, come out of that dark place. Come out of that tomb. Remove your grave clothes and come to the light, the light that restores and heals and and breaks the spirit of depression and suicide and nothingness and, and poverty and lack. God wants to bring us out of that place of nothingness. He wants to bring us out of that sepulcher. And Capernaum, as prosperous as it was, as thriving as it was, fish to the plenty, trade to the plenty, lacking nothing, it was it was depraved. And believe it or not, even in all that prosperity, and, it, and that is because God had a purpose for that particular region. His son was in that region. Jesus was in that region. And when a prophet comes into a region, a prophet begins to minister in that region, things must change. So when Jesus, a prophet of God, began to go into that region, things began to shift. Things began to move. It, there was prosperity there. There was no lack in that place. So now, so now the people, while they're in this place of plenty and prosperity and, and, and things are, are, are really thriving, now God is now trying to bring them to a deeper understanding of what prosperity is, that they would not glory, glory in the fact that they have caught a great deal of fish today, that they would not glory that they did good business today uh, in, in, in their trade profession, but that they would give God the glory, that they would say, Lord, thank you for this harvest. Thank you for this fish. Thank you for this bustling trade that you've given me. Thank you for what you've done, Lord, because my table lacks nothing. Lord, there is wine and there is bread and there is plenty. This is a thriving region. Why? Because the hand of God is on it. And that is why Jesus came to that region, to open up their eyes, to let them know that, no, your prosperity is not material. Your prosperity is in God and in God alone. And when we honor him and when we give God our first, and when we acknowledge him as Savior, he will continue to bless us as sons and daughters of his creation. And he will continue to bless us. He will continue to, to, to pour out his, his, his love and his, and his prosperity and his, his care upon his people. Why? Because we are now, Capernaum is now an example to the earth of what it means to serve God. And now people who come into that town, who they come into that 
region, and they're going through in their caravans. Now they're wondering, oh, what is something going on here? I don't know. I I, I don't quite know what it is, but there's something unique about this particular village. I don't know what it is, but there's something special about this village. And you know what's so special about this place called Capernaum? Because the Savior is there. The, the, the presence of God is there. And where the presence of God is, there is joy. There is peace. There is fulfill, fulfillment. And there is nothing, nothing that these folks did not lack. However, in the midst of that, we get sidetracked. It's true. It happens to us. We, we, many of us were so, were so caught up in the material. We're so caught up in, in the things that we forget. And maybe some of us don't forget. Maybe we don't even want to acknowledge that this blessing and these things come from somewhere. Some may say, well, I worked hard for it. That's right. Perhaps you did. But we as believers, we as sons and daughters of the creator, need to understand that, hey, it is not because of my hands. Yes, you played a role in it, but we need to understand that, Lord, everything, including the breath in my body, comes from you. Because when I got up this morning, I had no control over that. And when we come to that that understanding, there is nothing that God cannot do in the lives of his people. When you move, he will move with you. Wherever you go, all of a sudden, areas where, where there is poverty, where there is lack, there will be abundance. Why? Because the presence of God is with you. And we're not even so much talking about material things. We're talking about the spirit of God. People will now begin to tap into the spirit and begin to under and begin to question, whoa, whoa, what's going on here? There's a change going on here. And that is the power of God. And that is what a prophet does. And I'm going to bring that to the modern times, whenever a prophet comes into a region, if there is no change, then you have to question whether that person is truly called by God to the prophetic office, because that is the life of every prophet of the Bible, from Jesus to Jeremiah, okay? Whenever a prophet comes into a region, that region, again, those demon spirits in that region will begin to recognize, as was the case with Jesus when he taught in the synagogue. There was a man that had an unclean spirit. We, we, we read the scripture. The demons were able to recognize, I know who thou art. Hallelujah. The demons was able to say, I know who you are. You don't have to do it. Jesus didn't even have to tell them. When, you, when that prophet steps into that region, when the truth steps into that region, hey, those demons know. And they know, it says, you are, <laughs> you are the Holy One of God. And they acknowledge that. So, my brothers and sisters, the message that the Lord is bringing forth here is that truth that we've been searching for, that truth, that spiritual truth, that truth according to man's own understanding, is right there in the scriptures. We want to know what the truth is. Well, what, what, what is the truth? What is the truth? Scripture says that Jesus is the truth, as we read in John chapter 14, verse 6, or in John chapter 17, verse 17, the word of God is truth. Word of God, we sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. And this is a prayer that uh, Jesus had prayed. Uh, to his heavenly Father, that his disciples, his followers, because he was a, he was he was about to ascend, so he was praying for them. He says, "Father, see, he, he told the Father, sanctify them, sanctify them through Thy truth. Thy word is truth, and in sanctifying them through truth, Jesus is he, he knows he he knows that there once he ascends, once he goes to be with his heavenly Father." Trouble is going to come. He says, Lord, sanctify them. Keep them grounded in the truth. Don't let them waver in the truth. He's praying for them. He's asking for the spirit of God to not intervene on their behalf, 
to, to now pray for them, to intercede for them, to labor for them. Because, Lord, please help them. Help them, Lord, as you have guided me through this walk. Lord, guide them. Because he knew that he, there was going to come a point when he would no longer be with them, and he was trying to say, Father, gird them up for the fight that's about to come. And this is what we need to do with one another, is we need to gird ourselves up in the truth, beloved. It is 7.49 p.m., uh, now 7.50 p.m. Uh, if there's anyone on the line who would like to add to tonight's topic, which is you can't handle the truth, or if there's anyone who's on the line for uh, who's in need of a prayer request, uh, by all means, I would like to open up the phone lines uh, if there's anyone who is listening. God bless. Paul, you're on the air. If there's no one on the air, then I'll just continue. Amen, amen. Beloved, I want to say to you tonight that this is not a very easy teaching. It's not an easy teaching. There's a lot of people out there who are struggling with what truth is, what their relationship with God is. And God has manifested himself, whether it be in creation, which he created, whether it be in the hearts of man and the outpouring of support. He has manifested himself in the spirit when it comes to establishing healing, when it comes to casting out demons. He has manifested himself in, 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 in multiple ways. And I'm here to tell you tonight that Jesus Christ can heal you. I'm here to tell you that that same truth that manifested itself 2,000 years ago, that same truth that was manifested in the form of Jesus Christ can heal you, can save you, can deliver you from, from sickness, sickness in your body, sickness uh, 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 of loved ones can also deliver you if you're struggling in certain areas. Mm-hmm. If you're, if you're, Amen, Amen. Praise God, praise God. Hallelujah, Hallelujah, Hallelujah. Be glorified, Lord. Be glorified, Lord, in the lives mm-hmm. of those who are listening, Lord. Hallelujah, Breathe. Hallelujah. Be glorified, Lord. Be glorified, be glorified, be glorified. Mm. Yes, there are people out there even now, Lord, even now who are struggling, Lord, who are struggling in different areas, Lord, who are struggling with pornography, Lord, who are struggling, Lord, in the area of of relationships, Lord, who are struggling in their finances, Lord, who are struggling even in their minds, Lord, who are depressed, who are suicidal, Lord. Who, who are just living from paycheck to paycheck, Lord, who, who, who are asking, who have prayed to you, Lord, for, for restoration. They've prayed for answers, and, Lord, and they still haven't heard from you. And I just pray that, Lord, they would continue to seek you, Lord. You would birth in them, Lord. Hallelujah. Give them strength, Lord, to get through these difficult days that are ahead. Give them strength. Keep their eyes focused on you. There are even those, Lord, who don't know your name, Lord, who who are mocking you, who are even saying, oh, you don't exist, Lord. I pray that you would reveal yourself to them powerfully, Lord. I pray that, Lord, you would show yourself to them in a dream. I pray that, Lord, you would do something miraculous, Lord, in the life of these individuals who do not know your name, that you would show yourself, that you would manifest your presence, that, Lord, you would even show them your son, Jesus, in the form of a dream or a vision, that, Lord, while it is yet day, that you would open your eyes, Lord, to the truth, to the truth of Jesus, to the truth of your beloved Son. And I give you the glory and the honor and the praise in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Beloved, I, I, I really do challenge you to come and to see that the Lord is good. Come, come. And he he, he he wants you to, 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 to come and see for yourself, not according to how other people have received him, but come and see for yourself. Come and see and taste 
the goodness of God. Come and see and try him, and you will see for yourself because this is a very personal walk. It is a very personal relationship. So you cannot ride the the, the, the the coattails of someone else. You cannot go by what someone else is saying. You have to come, come into that secret place and come and see God for yourself. And, I, and I'm praying that uh, you would do that uh, while it is yet day. Uh, God bless you. God bless you. It is now 7.54 p.m. Um, I hope this segment of Kingdom Empowerment Radio uh, you can't handle the truth uh, was a blessing uh, uh, to those who were listening. And I just want to say that uh, you're not alone. You're not alone in your struggles. And whatever Capernaum experience you find yourself in, it is my prayer. It is the heart of God that you would come to the light, that you would come to the fullness of who Jesus is, and that you would come to the fullness of the love of God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Um, once again, I am your host, Chaplain Kevin Graves, and uh, I'm with you every second and fourth Monday of each month uh, on Kingdom Empowerment Radio. I want to take this time to once again, uh, to once again give honor uh, to whom honor is due, uh, Dr. Ganny and uh, her husband, Mr. Ganny. God bless you both. Thank you, woman of God. Thank you, man of God, uh, uh, for, again, allowing me, and more importantly, uh, allowing uh, the Holy Spirit to to be a part of Kingdom Empowerment Radio. Thank you, my dear brother, uh, Dr. Sonny Albomo. Uh, God bless you, sir. God bless you and your family, and you have a good night as well. Um, this is something... Uh, that, again, is very near and dear to all of our hearts. And the reason why uh, we do this, the reason why there's a Kingdom Empowerment Radio, beloved, is because we have a heart for the things of God. We have a heart for kingdom. We want to see people uh, uh, break free of the things that they're struggling with. We want to see them break free from the bonds of Satan. We want to see them break free from, from whatever ails them, those things that have kept them back. We pray that individuals would come in and enter their purpose, that they would begin to understand the importance of their existence, that they're not just to get by, but they are to evolve into whom God has predestined them to be. If anyone has any prayer requests, uh, feel free to uh, email me. Uh, you can do that at pkwgraves.com at gmail.com. Again, that's pkwgraves at gmail.com. God bless you. And uh, once again, in closing, uh, it was a pleasure uh, being with you tonight on Kingdom Empowerment Radio. And it is my prayer that our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, would resurrect your mind, that he would resurrect every area of your life, those areas that have been dry. It is my prayer that there would be a Holy Ghost resurrection to those areas. It does require that we place our full trust in Jesus. Hallelujah. We have to understand something, that the God that we serve, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, he is a God of first. He requires seed. If, if all those farmers out there, and that's why I love Jesus, you know, he was able to speak to people in ways in which they would understand. He spoke to the farmers. He, sp he spoke about seed and seed time and harvest because that was a language that they were able to understand. Jesus Christ will speak to you in a language that you are able to understand. He didn't come with eloquence of speech. He came with a message, a message for the poor, a message for the downtrodden, a message for those who are in need of hope who are in need of a resurrection in their life. So with that said, it's 7.59 p.m., my brothers and sisters. Um, it was a pleasure <clears throat> being with you, and I'm very much uh, looking forward to being with you uh, once again on Kingdom Empowerment Radio. 
And this is Chaplain Kevin Graves, your host uh, for this segment. And again, I'm with you every second and fourth Monday of each month. Thank you so much for joining me tonight. God bless you. May the peace of God be with you all the days of your life. God bless you and have a good night. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.